Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, August 9th, 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. We're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, projects, projects, projects. We talk about real live work that we're doing on apps that run cross-browser, cross-platform, and beyond. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. How was that? Works for me. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, good. So you need a vacation from your vacation? Yeah, well, just the last day of the vacation traveling back was was pretty rough. Yeah, you had... So it sounded like the, the perfect storm travel nightmare. Where you've got, like... You check out of the hotel by like probably 11 in the morning and then you have 12 hours before your flight. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up spending those 12 hours actually at the Calgary airport because we were too exhausted to do anything else. Nice. <laughs> How is the Calgary so we, airport? Uh, they have very nice lounge chairs. That's good. Yes. A lot of times they don't. Yes, they did. So well, That's good. So was it... Was the vacation everything you hoped and dreamed? Uh, no, but it was a good vacation. Well, that's good. Yeah, it was It was uh, very good. Got lots of... I, I accomplished my goals of napping and, and taking pictures and finding some cool rocks. So mm, Sweet. <laughs> reading. So. I was going to ask, did you read any like awesome stuff? Uh, I, I read, a, read a couple of books, but yeah, like fiction stuff. Well, mm. finished one book and, and, and read another. Sweet. Very cool. Well, yeah, and then I, then I came home and and accidentally bought new living room furniture. But you know, <laughs> whoops. Oops. Accidental sofa. <laughs> <laughs> I have totally been there. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, in your absence, I watched the entire uh, Dresden TV series. Yes. And uh, it ended too soon. It did. Very dis- Very disappointing. It did. It did it. Yeah. I was, I was very disappointed that it wasn't renewed for more than one season. Yep. Good show. Worth watching. You can probably bang it out in a couple of days. But we have a new Doctor Who, though, so. Yes, we do. We've got that to look forward to. But no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Totally meta. <laughs> oh, that was wicked funny. You said just like her too. Oh, wow. So shall we jump into it? Oh, uh, yeah, let's. All right, good. Uh, some quick bits of housekeeping. Uh, I think it was last week that I mentioned that uh, Firefox was supposed to start natively supporting MP3 as the audio format for the audio tag. And uh, at least according to my computer, that version of Firefox is now available, version 22. So uh, I haven't heard from anyone, any Og Theora fans. So uh, this week we're going to go MP3 only. And if... uh, uh, if you're listening to this way after the fact and you want the Og Theora format back, just let me know and I'll do it. But if no one cares, I'm not going to spend extra time doing that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, even that. even when I don't listen to it through iTunes, I usually just go to the site and download, so. Mm, oh, that reminds me, another another bit of housekeeping is that I screwed up the 
iTunes feed last week. Since oh, our no. yeah, since our since our uh, system is not automated, it is prone to human error. So I didn't update one of the links in the iTunes feed. So if you if you went to listen to episode sixty eight in iTunes last week and got the audio for sixty seven. Uh, you have to delete that episode and re-download it. Yeah. Do, do you still have to, like, you used to have to completely unsubscribe from the podcast. Uh, I just, I was able to fix it by deleting the episode out of iTunes. Okay, on, maybe, but, they've, maybe they've changed that. Though. Well, I did it on the desktop. It might be different on the on the phone. Ah. But yeah, I, and I had that experience previously as well, where you had to, like, it is like, cached it or something, and it, forever it would not work so yeah. it's it sucks when that happens but it happens so that's what you have to do i wonder well i guess it wouldn't matter if you're sending an start said you have a no cash header on that feed but i guess it doesn't matter i really don't know i think it's you know apple i'm sure Probably like internally cached by apple or something. yeah they do whatever they want i'm yeah. sure exactly yeah no it's not like it's definitely not well, at one time when you had to unsubscribe and resubscribe, it seemed evident to me that they weren't just forwarding people to our actual feed. They were like consuming it and caching it. And it took a while for it to update for some yeah. reason. Or, yeah, that's what I thought. Who knows what's who knows what's going on there. But if you uh, if you're having a problem, you can always just go to niche.cc and listen to it directly there. Unless you're using an older version of Firefox. <laughs> No, well, every episode, there's 68 oh, episodes true. for your listening enjoyment. Or you could just download them and listen to them, whatever you want. Yeah, is this, a, this is number 69 today? Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is, actually. It is. We are almost to episode 70, a milestone. Yeah. It's crazy. Cool. So, uh... So that's a little housekeeping. So a little more housekeeping. Our schedule might be a little weird next week, but it might not um, because I am flying to San Francisco to tape an actual show. Uh, I'm going to be hosting an HTML5 show for Intel, and uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty excited about it. We've got uh, a bunch of um, different guests that are going to be on some some legendary folks from the software industry that uh, we've been interviewing leading up to the show and I, I promise you it's going to be an incredibly interesting series of of, uh, of tapings so looking forward to letting people know more about that so I think that's it for housekeeping cool so last week, we had a little bit of a teaser at the end of the show where uh, you alluded to a project you've been working on on and off for a couple of years, I guess, right? On and off since 2007. Yeah, that's like the whole lifespan of the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's finally like live in a way that people can check it out. And Yeah, uh, well, it's been, it's been live in a way in various forms since 2007, but... Um, uh, no, actually, it was a. It's an open source project that I started on, and the um, working on, and the um, the main people behind it now also have a um, a commercial sort of sort of hosted commercial version of it. Mm. So the so the open source version is called OS Ticket, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it's a and it's a um, a PHP uh, support ticket application. Cool. And the 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 hosted version, the pro version, if you will 
is supportsystem.com, right? Yes. And so this is kind of like WordPress.org versus WordPress.com. Uh, yeah. In yeah, a way. Kind of. In a way, it's like uh, you're, kind of. And you're, you know, there there may be some some minor divergence of features in the future as the commercial project gets gets more developed. I you know, I don't have. Um, I'm I'm not as as intimately involved in planning of of features and feature development and that stuff as I used to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not entirely sure what the roadmap there is. Right. Well, that's cool. So the the um, reason why it's worth talking about, other than the fact that it's a Kelly project, <laughs> is that uh, it has that sort of um, apps that run everywhere. Uh, has apps that run everywhere aspects to it that uh, would be interesting to kind of run through um, and sort of any takeaways that you sort of had while you were going, you know, through that. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are a few things. Um, uh, well, the supportsystem.com site itself, we just did. Um, that was, that was something I was rushing to, to redesign and, and finish like the the week before i left for vacation mm, that's fun and it's just uh, <laughs> yeah yeah actually actually it was a lot of fun but <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it's just uh, it's just your your basic oh let's do responsive design now did you have a chance to sort of blue sky it or did you have to reverse engineer kind of shoehorn uh no i started i mean we did mobile first uh, just the, I'm just talking, this is just, just the marketing site itself, not the application. Gotcha. And okay. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we did, we did mobile first on that and, and then just like work, work up to the big screen. Mm, cool. Did you, uh, were there multiple people responsible for that or was that basically your baby? Uh, that was, that was pretty much all mine. Um, there was, yeah, there was some, some feedback back and forth on, on design elements and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I did all of the, the development and, and that sort of stuff. Cool. Where did you, I'm curious, um, what you were using for different device testing or browser testing, like what stuff did you test on? Uh, I tested it on my, on my Nexus seven on my iPhone mm-hmm. and then uh, I can't remember if I tested on the Kindle or not. Those days kind of blurred together so much, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, we were, the focus was more on like you know a modern browser at various screen sizes. There wasn't a lot of like, you know, I mean, there's there's not a lot there in terms of, of JavaScript and things like that that needs to work on mm-hmm. a, on a on a, a very low end device that sort of thing. But right. yeah, I did I did test it on on four or five different devices. Cool. That's yeah. That's that's fairly normal. Like I I tend to I I tend to do around that on a like a yeah. typical just like a not an app app and i know there's like discussion about like well what's the difference between a website and a web app and where's the line (laughs) drawn but there's plenty of stuff that is clearly a website like a marketing Mm -hmm. site for example and i generally test on like a few phones a few tablets small and large a few desktop browsers and tvs right and you know so you figure you know between six and six and ten types of devices but by and large if you take the approach that we advocate which is start with the default as you know start small and work your way up you end up finding out that with minor exceptions there's usually nothing to mess with yeah usually it's weird stuff like uh like you get to a tv and there's like a d-pad on the remote control and so tab order becomes a big deal or like focus 
becomes a big deal right. in the CSS. And so you just add that and it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just minor stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like we had some, we have some, some oh, sticky, sticky headers in places and some, some scrolling animation and stuff like that, that we just, you know, we just um um left the left them off of, of small screen mobile that mm. kind of stuff because you know, with you have limited screen real estate you don't need headers sticking at the top taking up space that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's such a trade off. It's like well you know access to those controls might be nice, but if but but if the trade off is I can barely see the content, then it's like yeah <laughs> you, know, you end up with that CNN thing where there's like crap all over the screen you can't even see the right right the anchor. Yeah, and you know a couple of a couple of graphics that don't get shown on the small screen that that sort of stuff. But marketing side of itself, it's it's pretty simple and straightforward. Hmm, cool. I'm curious. Did you do anything? Not that there are huge images or anything, but did you do anything with uh, like high res, low res images for mobile or anything like that? Um, there are. There are. I did not have time to do it before I left. I know I provided some high res images. But I don't know if anyone actually. I, I haven't looked to see if anyone went in and, and did that. Mm. But yeah. I, I it was not something I had really had time to do before I left. So gotcha. Cool. And so you mentioned to me that there there are other kinds of integration. It's not uh, purely a website in the strict sense. In that there's email integration with the app, and uh, uh, I'm guessing that's kind of base campy. Um. Yeah, well, the um, the the OS ticket ticketing application itself, um, most of most of the API and the and the email integration at this point revolves around um, the actual ticket management, as far as opening, closing, responding to, or um, uh, opening, responding to tickets, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not, I don't believe there's a lot in the API at this point for other types of. Uh, other types of management and settings within the application, but I do think that's that's something that they had planned. Um, when I when I started with OS Ticket back in two thousand seven, I was doing um, most of what I've done on this project has been uh, front end design and development. But uh, you know, for for a while, I did do some of the back end development and building out new features and helping with that. But for the last couple of years, um, pretty much any involvement I've had has been strictly front end. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to, to speak to, uh, the, the types of features that are, you know, that are planned and that sort of stuff. But I do think there are plans for a more robust REST API. And there is a, you know, there's a a basic API there at this point, um, for, uh, strictly, strictly managing on, um, tickets. Cool. Oh, well, it's, I mean, it looks great. People should definitely check it out at supportsystem.com. It's a very easy domain to remember. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you can go download the open source version and, and give it a go too. But um But why why go through the effort? Why go through the yeah, trouble? Why go through the effort? Just sign up sign up for the free trial for the commercial version and, and if you like it, keep paying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Excellent. So that's like that must be nice to have uh, a release behind you. I'm sure there's going to be more, more work on that, oh, yeah. that we can yeah, talk sure about in the future. But, um, yeah, I started. I started out on the project in in 2007, just designing some icons, and it's kind of all grown from there. Wow. But um, the 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 main 
yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> good good friendships and a lot of code, and it's you know, it's just it's fun to see a project that you've worked on off and on for like six years now kind of kind of turn into turn into something 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 like this. Not just disappear like off into the right. sunset, like eh, just right. fade. Everyone gets bored and they like forget about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's been really really cool to see and and i wish the the um the manager of the project who's a very good friend of mine I, I wish him lots of success with it excellent and and then i wish him to hire me to work for him <laughs> all the time and then i could just not you know <laughs> <laughs> not have to do sales yeah <laughs> that's always nice well, no, actually, I'm working on working on it. Well, I probably shouldn't talk about it. So, <laughs> oh, another teaser. Yeah, you're the worst. It's like I'm sorry. <laughs> cliffhanger every week. That's okay. Well, we can. Uh, that I mean, that's all cool. Cool to cool school. And uh, I have a sort of similar project in terms of technology that mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about. Uh, we've talked about it on the, yeah, we've talked about spoken at length actually. Yes. And uh, so that's making progress. I don't know if we've kind of dissected it from um, a roadmap standpoint. So I felt like it'd be interesting to talk about that. Yeah. And I'm curious to hear uh, about your, your first foray into rails and what you, if you've done anything with it while it was gone and that kind of thing. Yeah. I do have some feedback about that, which may or may not be interesting to the dear listener, but I know you'll be interested um, so, so, so we'll make them suffer through. <laughs> exactly. So cu- a couple of, I think, I think valuable takeaways so far. So the, the, the overall concept of the application, uh, I'll just quickly recap, uh, is that people can save, people are browsing on the web, they find an article that they'd like to read, but they don't have time to. So they save a link to a read it later application, but wouldn't it be nice if that reader uh, read it later application um, if you kind of funneled those links into a central place where people who uh, could would basically read those uh, articles record themselves reading them and then post them back so that you could either read your articles later or you could listen to them later if maybe you're you know commuting to work on the train or in the car and you can't really read in those situations but uh, you could listen or you, you know, while you're like, I, I constantly listen to podcasts while I'm doing housework and it would be awesome if I could listen to all these. I mean, I probably have a hundred articles saved to Instapaper that I'll never read. Yeah. But if I could just plug in my headphones and listen to them, then I would absolutely consume that content. And, uh, and as a side note, I think that audio is going to be a huge, I think audio is, is wildly underused audio and podcasting in general, I think is wildly underappreciated and is going to be very, very big. Uh, the more that computing kind of continues to explode into these tiny little devices, um, as they get smaller and smaller. Um, yeah, as, as we lose our screens, we're going to have to have a replacement. Exactly. As the screens go away, where it's audio input and output is going to be a lot bigger deal. So I think that uh, I think that this is going to be a big deal. And the, and uh, there's a whole bunch of politics that go into Spoken that you can check out at Spoken.cc, but I won't get into that now because it's more about the technology. Um, but the the approach, since it was completely blue sky project, was like build an API first, and then we'll build a website 
client for that API. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do uh, almost immediately or in conjunction with the website, we need to do a couple of different kinds of integration so that people can submit links in a variety of ways. Um, you should be able to email a link to spoken, you know, to a, so you've, you're on a, you're on a page and you like want to save it for later and you're on a mobile phone, bookmarklets don't really, it's not really feasible on a mobile phone. Um, but almost every phone has email these days. So you could just email a page to spoken, um, uh, uh, browser extension. If you're on the desktop, just be able to click your browser extension and save it to spoken or a bookmarklet on the desktop. Uh, or just basic OAuth style integration with existing um, read it later sites like Instapaper, Pocket, uh, Readability, uh, Flipboard, you name it, uh, even yeah. even faves on Twitter. So a whole bunch of integrations planned for the very near term. So like the website needs to kind of happen first because it has like dual function, like that's where you would sign up. There's some core features that really happen mainly through the website, though you could do them through the API. Um, and then uh, some of these these other sort of ancillary integrations, and then maybe a little farther down the road, well, well not maybe, but definitely down the road, um, we need to come up with ways other than just the desktop browser to allow people to easily record uh, pages, so read a page of text uh, into Spoken, and right now I'm working on a uh, WebRTC bit of JavaScript that allows you to do that in a desktop browser. Cool. But yeah, it is cool, actually. It's surprisingly easy <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, it's, it's a nightmare. It's actually, it's not surprisingly easy. It's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> the, a the API is kind of a nightmare, but it's, mm -hmm. I guess it's easy in the sense of like, oh my God, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, you know, but we could just as easily have used a flash plugin if we just cared about desktop or, you know, but, but really I think that the, I think it's actually a great way to use up people's minutes, which I imagine if anyone's like me, no one's using their minutes on their phone plans. <laughs> yeah, so what? yeah, like seriously, who's using their minutes? I have like thousands and thousands of minutes rolling over. Yeah, I, I probably do as well at this point. I'm, I think I get. I think I get 1,500 of them a month, and I maybe use 20. Mm, right. Yeah, occasionally I'll do, like, a conference call over my actual phone because my computer died or I don't have, like, a, yeah. you know, like, Skype connection for some reason. Yeah. Oh, note to self, cancel my international roaming. Yes. You have to put that on your calendar. I'm, I'm back now. I need to cancel it. <laughs> right. Right. So the, this, the, the voice integration thing is... Um, is really interesting, I think, in two directions, or for a couple of mm -hmm. reasons, but in both directions. So first of all, we, we could set up voice integration, or we will set up voice integration, so that you could call a phone number and dial an extension, and then read an article, and essentially leave a voicemail that is your recording of a particular article. Yeah, yeah, and I can, I can see people reading or listening to articles the same way. Call a number, punch in some series of, of some code and get the article read back to you right in fact the way i imagine that that in the in the consumption mode you would call in and you would type in your code and you'd get mm -hmm. your feed of articles so it would just be a series of 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 um, articles being read back to you now the really interesting thing about this in the consumption mode is that 
uh, if you're listening to like a, a podcast feed, so let me back up a step. So once, once, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a spoken user and I submit all of these links into the application and they, and people, general people, people in my groups and, and people who are interested in the same kinds of things, they record all these audio, uh, they make all these audio recordings of those pages and they submit it back to the site. And as the recordings show up, they create a podcast feed. So I, I will have a feed of, of articles that have been turned into audio that becomes my personal podcast feed. Yes. And I, and it's just, it's just the API just outputs RSS. There's no, I personally have no interest in building a podcatcher application for mobile. It's, there's a million good ones. There's no reason whatsoever to, to build a, dedicated spoken mobile native client be right. no, complete waste of effort. Yeah. So, but, but there's a downside to that, which is that th that means that all of these podcatcher apps, you know, like whatever downcast or player FM, whatever, whatever your favorite one is, or the, the podcast app on iOS or iTunes, what happens is if you're just listening to a podcast feed, there's no way to give feedback really. All, all the way back to the API. Like, like I can star it in iTunes, but that doesn't, that doesn't flow all the way back to the source. Ah, uh, yeah. And the only way that I can think of with a native application, you know, with, to, to do that uh, on mobile, well, the, the obvious way to do that would be to create your own listener app, but that's a non-starter. Because that means that you can only listen to this particular podcast in this particular application. No one's going to do it. However, you could imagine a situation where people uh, called into this number, and then if you have a voice control thing, in other words, like, uh, you know, press one to hate this, press two to fast <laughs> forward, press three to flag this as inappropriate, press four, mm -hmm. you know, like if you have this menu of options, then you don't have to build anything, but you're still giving people an option on mobile to listen to the feed uh, with minutes that are already not being used and not suck up their data plan. Yeah. So, you, so you're not using someone's data plan. You're using up minutes, which they probably have tons of. And and the a advantage is that you can uh, enable uh, the keyboard to send information all the way back to the source. Right, right. Which I think and is really you, interesting. You could also, like at the end of a recording, you could tack something on after they've listened to a podcast. Say they're a, an article. Say they're listening to it in whatever client dial in, whatever you could also just tack some audio at the end and, you know, text like text text something to, to this number to, you know, give feedback and that yeah, kind to, of the, thing. to the author. Even. Yeah. So the, yeah. Or the, the reader, you could say, you know, you could leave audio comments for the reader. There's like so many things you could do without building an actual client application and without using up anybody's data. Uh, Cause the data plans is a, is not a trivial issue. Um, with podcasts, I know especially that especially not if you want any kind of global reach. Exactly right, which I do think, which I do want. Yes. So you know, it's uh, I don't think it would ever be a mainstream uh, way to consume the podcast, but it's like uh, it's not a it, it's not that complicated. You know what I mean? It's just like here's your phone. Yeah. Here's how your phone works. 
and just press this button and you know you're not designing a visual interface you don't have to you know you have to explain it but it's like it's sort of self-explanatory yeah press two to flag this as crappy you know it's like <laughs> pretty straightforward yeah yeah it is and um i mean there there are large 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 demographics of of people that you know, they can they can send make make phone calls or send sms messages but data is just either not available or prohibitively expensive mm-hmm. and um this spoken has particular interest to me um not just for the the convenience of being able to read things but the sort of accessibility aspect mm-hmm. of it and um now, especially when you get into things like uh, if you have readers that are doing language translation and that sort of thing as well, um, then being able to you know, being able to reach people who who may not have uh, a huge data plan mm-hmm. or tons of bandwidth is you know, it's it's important. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really I you know I don't see it as getting crazy use, but I feel like the level of effort is low enough that it's okay. To, yeah. to serve that kind of long tail of feature phone people or I mean hell you could dial into it from your desk phone in your office you know, you know what I mean yeah. it's like well, you don't have to use the internet at all actually yeah yeah I, I agree I feel like it's not going to get a lot of use but I feel like the people who do need it are or who do use it are going to be using it because they, they need to use it that way <laughs> right it's their you know, only I, option I feel like it's, like it's going to be really important to the people that are using it that way mm-hmm. even if it's not a large number right and so all of this stuff is like relatively easy to do on the desktop site where you know you can do this sort of two-way but but i i just don't i mean frankly i imagine it would be just as rare for people to be sitting at a desktop computer listening to any of this stuff yeah it's equally likely that they just dial into it like a conference call yeah so you know it's their iphone in their pocket while they're on a train or whatever yeah right you know, and not use up your data. Because uh, that is one of the, obviously one of the things about audio and video. This isn't video, but of course, you know, those, like I was streaming, uh, I'm a huge fan of podcasts in general, and I'm a big fan of the Twit network. And uh, was, you know, streaming, you can either listen to them on demand, as they say, which is the recordings, or you can listen to the live stream, which is video only. And when I'm at the gym, and I've already listened to all the recorded ones, and I want to listen to the live stream, I have to do it on video, and there's no Wi-Fi at my gym, which mm. is a separate rant. But <laughs> uh, it's like, seriously, there's no Wi-Fi here. What am I paying for? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, and it ch- it's like immediately becomes, like I immediately start getting data warnings from my phone, that it's like, because yeah. I'm streaming video for a half an hour. And it's like, really? Right. So anyway, I, it's, it's, it's very exciting. Oh, all right. So <clears throat> to get back to your earlier question, um, right now I'm in the phase. I had a question. Yes. Oh, you did. yes, yes, I did. What, what is my experience with rails? Right. You will be horrified to learn <laughs> that you can write PHP like spaghetti code with Ruby. Stop it. <laughs> so let me give you, let me paint a picture for you. Okay. And for you, the dear listener, uh, especially dear listener, if you're, if you're new to rails or thinking about using rails, this, this thing happens where you, it's, it's kind of, I'm kind of going to build on my, my impression from last week where I said, 
if you want to do what Rails wants you to do, it makes it really easy. And if you want to do something that Rails isn't good at or isn't set up for or does it doesn't want it doesn't think you should want to do, you're in for a world of hurt. And some and, and the thing that I'm trying to do is create a website with without active record, basically, that that doesn't have a database. I, it's just a client application. Mm-hmm. And so so I guess there are two things that occurred to me that I know you'll be interested in. One is that there I, I'm finding a shocking note. Like even I am surprised by how many screens I want to make that completely diverge from a REST style URL. There's like lots of them. Um, you know, like all sorts of like settings, like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, where do I, where do I put that in the API? Like, where do I put, uh, like the, just the log, like after there's a home screen, like if you're not logged in, but then there's a home screen when you are logged in and Mm -hmm. what do you call that? Like the, the website is drastically more complicated than the API in terms of URL structure. Um, uh, so that's one thing. And the other thing is that the, um, when you, when you can't use, or when you're not using, when you are using active record, it's wicked easy. It's like, it's like so easy that you're surprised it works. You're like, <laughs> you just like, you know, form four, whatever, you know, do F and then F dot yeah. title. And it's like, Oh, this is awesome. This is perfect. This takes away all of the nightmare that I ever had to deal with. But at the end of that, in the, in the, controller you're like thing dot save so the you know and it's just magically creates a database and saves (laughs) it to the database and like does everything you want it to do but if you don't want it to do that there's no documentation on what you're supposed to do nothing like like okay well let's say i don't want it to do that or like how do i override the save method to ship it off to the API and like, give me some kind of response from that. Mm. And it, can you even do that? Like, that's what I want to do. What I want to do is override yeah. the active record methods. I'm but pretty sure you can. I'm pretty sure you can too, but uh, I'll be goddamned if I can find a blog post about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like all of a yeah. sudden, all of a sudden you're like in Hackville where you're like, you like look around, you look around, you try and do stuff, you do some some uh, uh, trial and error, and then finally you're like, screw this, how do we do curl in Ruby, you know? <laughs> and, and like, bang, I'm writing all this garbage code in the controller. And it's and it's horrible. And, and you're like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm gonna rewrite all of this. This is gonna be completely refactored, but I'm getting nowhere. And there's no, there's nothing on Stack Overflow. There's nothing in the Ruby documentation. I have the Rails documentation for this because I'm trying to do something that Rails doesn't want me to do. And it's like, it is possible that we will end up writing blog posts that are extremely popular because (laughs) if anybody else is trying to do this kind of thing with Rails, it's like, like there's so much good about Rails, but, but as soon as you go off the trail, you're screwed. That that's my experience so far. Yeah, yeah. We should we should have a a more technical discussion about it sometime. So yeah, I, I have some ideas, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure I can. You'll look at the code and you'll be like, "Dude, you're an idiot." Like, like just do this. Right. Yeah. And I, I guarantee there's tons of that, but I promise you that there there's like 
that you know that just because you know Rails, not because you read it somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's because you already have experience that you would know how to do this, but there's not like, uh, there's no like just coming into it. There's no there's no onboarding. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like the worst possible scenario where I don't know Ruby either. So I'm like, I'm Googling for the string concatenation operator. Like, that's pretty bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get a clear answer. Like, <laughs> like everybody's joining with space. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, can't I just have a plus? Yes. Yeah. And yes, the answer is yes. But... But that's like, that's the level I'm at where I'm Googling for like, you know, so you can imagine somebody uh, like I'm a certified PHP developer. It's like painful to know how bad I am at (laughs) Ruby and Rails. And I'm trying to do something that should take me two hours, but is taking me a week. And it's like, all right, I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to figure this out. I know this is going to be better in the long run. And I do believe it will be. Um, but there, but I, I, my, my point, the takeaway is that if you're trying to do something non-standard, you're on your own. And also maybe learn Ruby before you dive into Rails. Mm. But maybe. How, like how, like, what are you going to do to learn Ruby? Sinatra. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I, what I'm, I, I guess I suppose the way to get is just like sit down and like, like, what are you going to write with Ruby? By itself, like without a framework, you're going to write some Ruby, like maybe a command line interface or something like. Yeah, command line stuff. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, that's what I did with Avalio. I, I, I yeah. started off with Ruby yes. and then I said, screw this, I'm going to use PHP. Of, <laughs> yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, because like, because there was no strong advantage. Like the advantage comes from from the framework, the Rails framework doing work for you. And the stuff it does for you is, believe me great it's amazing and if i was going to write just like a plain old straight up web app then there'd be no com- no comparison like no argument immediately would do that but it's kind of like i feel like it's the same kind of thing I, yeah I, uh, both of us i think thought about bootstrap which is mm, yeah. it's, it's great if you just use it out of the box but if you try and mess around with it you're gonna wish you never touched it <laughs> You know, it's I, like I feel. I feel like Rails probably has um, more more flexibility than than we may be giving it credit for, um, especially Rails four, because I think that was one of the some some more modularity was was kind of one of the focuses of Rails four, but um, it is and always has been very opinionated software, mm-hmm. a, a very opinionated framework in that you know. This this is the way you do things in Rails, mm-hmm. and and deviating from that is going to be, um, if not impossible, um, it just you know they're not going to help you. <laughs> right, I wouldn't call it impossible. It's like no harder than doing yeah. it, rolling your own from PHP. But you just start right. to lose. You lose two of the major benefits of using Rails in the first place. One of the major benefits is that it does a whole bunch of magic for you that you that you really would like it to do. That's one thing. So all of a sudden you're like, yeah. well, I switched over to Ruby and Rails from whatever I was comfortable doing before, but now I'm trying to do this thing that's just as hard and I'm losing the benefit of all that wonderful magic that it, it will give you when you're just staying in line. But the other thing is, the other thing that you lose is that um, the other huge benefit of, of Ruby, and I always said this about PHP too, is that uh, the documentation is stellar. 
Like there's mm -hmm. tons of great documentation. There are tons of video. Uh, there's like tons of screencasts. There's tons and tons of materials as long as you're trying to do something that you're supposed to do. So as soon as you're doing something that you're not supposed to do, you lose all of the sort of magic, which is a bummer, and you and you have like no support whatsoever, which is a bummer. So then you're off in the weeds and you're like, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you that I'll be, you know, next week, it, once, once we have time for you to rip my code to shreds and be like, okay, here's what you should have done. <laughs> Like if you, if, if we get together and you're like, oh, I, you know, here's how you override active record and here's, you know, where you would put a save here, here's where you would override the save. Like something. Yeah, I think you can, I think you can just define the method for in the, um, in the model. Maybe. And just overload it that way. Yeah. I don't know. I tried some stuff. It didn't work. <laughs> I gave up and I wrote a curl, a curl string. <sighs> There's a bunch of stuff. Like if we go through the code, you'll be, I, I won't bore the dear listener with it, but there's a bunch of stuff that is far from obvious uh, about dealing with, dealing with JSON, converting it from a string to an object, mm -hmm. how to, how to talk to a nested hash. If there is even is such a thing, I'm not even positive. There is such a thing. <laughs> so like if you have a, if you have a, like a, it's called an associative, you know, a multidimensional associative array in PHP. And I assume there's the same kind of structure in, rails but i yes. don't know what it is and i don't know how to write a syntax to drill into it so you know but at least i know what the concatenation operator is <laughs> well that's a plus <laughs> that might be the funniest thing you've ever said <laughs> God, that was good. Uh. You set it up so perfectly. <laughs> oh my God, that's the funniest thing you've ever said. Oh man, that was good. <laughs> you set it up so well. I try. I try. Just give you the softballs, just pass them down. So I so to take all of my ranting with a grain of salt, dear listener, because I'm sure Kelly's going to be like next week. I'm going to be like, oh, it's so easy once you know, <laughs> and uh, and I will blog uh, verbosely about the whole thing because I, it would be. I I feel like I don't know. Maybe I just didn't end up in the right portion of the internet, but I feel like there's a major. Um, like programming a Rails app that talks to an API is like a huge, there's like a void of information. Uh, I agree. I agree. And it, it it's, you know, it's something you need to do. <laughs> I think it's something a lot of people need to do. And there's, you know, there's, there's good and bad ways of doing it, but there's very little, very little out there written about how to do it. Mm. Yeah. So... We, who, that I said last week, you, I'm, I barely know how to write Ruby, but I'm going to be making gems before you know it, and it's going to be that it's going to be the Active API or something, Active Record API or like something to just like drop yeah. in there to override those methods. Like just give me an endpoint and assume it's a REST API, and you're off to the races. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's all it's it's been very interesting. Like the especially the URL structure differences between the API and the, and the website. 
Yeah, that is that is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I knew I knew there would be some some divergence, but yeah, it sounds like there's a lot. Yeah, there's just like what you just have to deal with so many more things when you're building a site. Like, I mean, f- first of all, you got the obvious stuff like you know slash new slash edit. Yeah. And then it's like, well, uh, okay, how do I send a delete? <laughs> like, uh, like. I don't know. It's, 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 these are all probably stupid questions. They're stupid questions. Like they're total noob questions, but there's tons of them. You know, it's, it's just completely for someone who's been like coding websites for, I don't know, 15 years. No, no, not that long. 10 years anyway. Yeah. 10 years. So like have no idea how to build how to like build a form in rails is like super frustrating because <laughs> there's like a lot of variation it's like there it's is, like there is. it's like tech like some of them are like you know underscore four you know some te- of them are some of them are bound to a model some of them are, are not and yeah yeah it's super confusing and it, it's not it's not you know it's the kind of thing you just have to like like learn there <clears throat> it's not like you're gonna learn it from reading the code you're gonna have to like learn you have to read like a like a dhh post you know what i mean they're like someone has to explain to you what the reasoning is to like oh if you're gonna do this then do it like this but but you when you're googling around that's not what you get you get like uh you, you get, get examples you get examples that don't make a distinction between this and that they just show how to do it with this right and you know, and it's the kind and, of the, and, and unfortunate. Unfortunately, a lot of the documentation is is kind of that way too. Right, like they don't like they'll say they'll show you a code snippet, but they won't tell you what file to put it in. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, so it's supposed this to goes be where? Yeah, like there's a million <laughs> files by default, so you know, that's probably obvious to everyone but me, but it's not obvious to me. So, you know, there's a lot of the documentation overall is very good. And if you like start mm-hmm. with, you know, you start with the getting started and you go from top to bottom, it's like bang on the money. It's really yeah. good. Actually. It's some of the best documentation I've ever read. But if you have a question that's not answered there, <laughs> you're on stack <laughs> overflow and then you might as well be, you know, then it's like kind of, you're kind of in JavaScript territory where you end up with crap code that you're cutting and pasting just to make it work. Right. Like for example, like I'll give you an example and maybe it's not fair to call this a, a rails a, a rails failing but like http part or htt party mm-hmm. the documentation is abhorrent it's atrocious it's it's like that oh yeah yeah it's the worst it's yeah, like tons I, I like of examples the, and none of them work yeah i like i like the gym the the few times that i used it but the doc i, I basically just had to figure it out yeah you almost have to read the source code which is like my yeah. next step and it's like, ugh, seriously, I'm like, I'm trying to do a post request. Can someone tell me how to set a header? And no, nowhere, nowhere. I just started guessing like, well, I'll bet you there's a second parameter that's like an object that, you know what I mean? And sure yeah. enough, sure enough, it works. But it was like a wild guess. Yeah. And there's like. Oh, I, I hate documentation that is like. Oh, and then you just do this, and it's like the most basic thing ever, and there's nothing about any kind of options for anything more advanced than that. Yeah. They're like, it's this simple. You just put in your URL. Look how easy but they it don't is. Tell you, but, yeah, but they don't tell you how to specify like headers or what type of response you need or content type or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And it's like, that that's actually, to tell you the truth, a lot of this rant actually is about that gem, to tell you the truth. That's where, mm. that's where, because there's a bunch of things around that, that there are examples that don't work or examples that don't apply or examples where they don't tell you where to put the code. Yeah. And so, so really, I really, sh yeah, I should, I should make sure to point that out because really it's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff around that where it was like, okay, like almost every example, even the simplest examples, they make a class and then they mm -hmm. call, they call, which, which is probably smart, but they don't tell you, tell you where to put it. And it's like, okay, where should I put it? You know, like, <laughs> is this like something I put at the application level? Is this one of those helpers that I always see is stubbed out that have nothing in them yeah. ever? Or is this something I should put inside the model or the controller? Do I, but it seems like I can't nest it inside of the controller. So do I put it in the controller <laughs> file, but outside of the main object? It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not obvious yeah. at all. Yeah. It could just be, I mean, the last time, I, the last time I, I, this may all be my fault for, for showing, pointing that dim out to you. Because the last time I used it, it was just for some very basic stuff for Avalio, which is a lot mm. simpler. Yeah, and, and that's... so I mean, it could just be that you're working with a, a crappy gem and just need to either either roll your own or find a better gem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think the gem's crappy. I think the documentation is crappy. Like it, it yeah. seems to do. I I finally found an, an example that was just like calling the code directly. Mm -hmm. So you'd be like HTT party dot get. Yeah. And that's all I wanted. Like, I basically just wanted curl. And that's kind of, you know, but every, all of the most basic, the majority of the very most basic examples were like, create a class to represent the resource that you're retrieving. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, look, I, I guess, but you didn't tell <laughs> me where to put it. And it, I'm just pasting it in where I want it and it's not working. So. <laughs> You know, is this really the easiest way? But you're right. I should probably either, you know, I could probably just write my own. It would be just as easy. Yeah, I don't know. So fun. Have a, so, have a drink. So exactly. So the dear listener can uh, get a sense of the frustration level when you're trying to do something outside of the normal. Yeah, I'm, it's it's hard to document your own code because you know what it does. Mm. It would be just like copious examples would be nice, but you don't get yeah. it. That's not what it has. It has like these chopped up little one-liners. Yeah. So anyway, that's, is that, do you think that's enough ranting for one week? Uh, it'll probably do. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll, it'll be, it'll be in, uh, it'll be indelibly branded into the dear listener's mind. So next week <laughs> when I have to eat my words, Yes. They can laugh and laugh. They can laugh at you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a plus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, folks. I guess that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week to laugh at me for the Niche Podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye.